When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hello there. It's showtime. Picture it. <laughs> Well, it looks like it's time for another Radical Retro Rewind. I am joined by Rob. He is here to discuss one of my favorite movies. But is it Rob's? (laughs) Is it Rob's? (laughs) Yeah, that's why everybody's tuning in. They want to know if this is my favorite. So I love witch movies a lot, but sometimes not all of them hit the mark. Will this be one of them? I don't know. Spoiler alert. I have a feeling that you will be getting different points of view on this movie, 1998's Practical Magic. Of course, pretty much known as a staple of ABC Family, Freeform, Fox Family, whatever your generation incarnation of the Family Channel was. <laughs> do they do this on 31 Days of Halloween? Is it's this still part a- of their lineup? As of last year, I want to say yes. I mean, we know it's all about Pocus Pocus, but... I, I could have swore this was part of the lineup so i guess it definitely falls under that i mean halloween is celebrated in the movie too so it makes sense but yes definitely abc family for sure <laughs> as old school as we are on this show it's called abc family not freeform it's abc family on radical retro <laughs> what does even freeform mean i you know where does I this looked come up from the meaning of that one day and it made total sense the way that they described it but now i forgot it 
I'll have to look it up while you introduce the rest of the movie. <laughs> okay, so Practical Magic has become a cult classic, honestly, because like many movies that are cult classic, it did not really make a big impact, I feel like, when it was released in theaters back in 1998. I have a feeling as well, if anyone knows this show and knows of Rob's show, Brunch with the Hollowells, we are both huge 1998 original Charmed show, which came out the same year. Matter of fact, Rob, Charmed came out October 7th of 1998, and Practical Magic came out October 16th Wow, of that year. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, I wish that I can remember when I saw this film, was it in theaters or at home? And I really have a memory of seeing this in theaters so that is insane how they were that close because i watched charmed day one so <laughs> what a week and you know what like i feel like part of the love that i have for this movie is because i hold it almost in the same regards as charm season one almost like sister properties at the time clearly this charm went on to become bigger and whatever it is today which we all love and we're still talking about 20 22 years later I think that's what some of the love comes for me with Practical Magic, but we are going to dissect that today. I'm actually extremely excited to get into Rob's point of view because I do hold this movie in high regards. It's not a perfect movie by any means. So my history with this is <laughs> as far as the witch movies that I have seen, and I have not seen them all, but this one in particular from memory, I don't remember liking this as much. It wasn't a movie that I ever gravitated to a rewatch. And I, I would never tell anyone that this movie sucks or anything like that, but it didn't give me the witch movie that I wanted. And it just wasn't a film that left a mark on my childhood to keep coming back to it. So yeah, Rewatching this, uh, I, I definitely got a closer look at it. And usually with our designated episodes, Ryan and I agree quite a bit on what it is that we're talking about. So maybe today you might hear a different perspective. I'm but thinking, again, he's dropping hints like crazy that this is not going to go as I hoped. No, just <laughs> okay, so before we start, this is what uh, they had to say. So the creator or the showrunner. So I'm assuming they sold yeah. the family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was rebranded and and named Freeform. Basically, one of the showrunners or creators of this said that Freeform in and in insisting that it will target a new demographic called Becomers. October 6, 2015, Disney ABC Television Group announced that ABC Family would be rebranded as Freeform. A shame, uh A S C H E I M, I'm assuming that is one of the showrunners or channel runners, explained that Freeform was intended to represent how becomers are in the formation of their lives and that the brand would reflect participatory experience for viewers across multiple platforms. Since 2015 too, yeah, wow. I know. So, I mean, I read that and I was like, okay, they have a play on words, the formation and, you know, young people forming into their lives. So I, I get it. It's not self-explanatory, but I like my ABC family. It was a family channel. So, yeah. And Club was on there. So, okay, so we're to assume that they want to form young people's minds into Halloween because that's really all I think about now when I think about that channel is Halloween. So, right. <laughs> 
Okay, so Practical Magic stars pretty much, I mean, a powerful cast. Yes, definitely. Do you think that's what helps it today to be as remembered as it is? Or is it these repeat viewings marathons around Halloween time? (laughs) Well, okay, so tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems that Practical Magic is a definite target audience of women and younger ladies (laughs) who are growing up and seeing these, I, I will say it, sort of role models on television. I mean, who, what young girl didn't want to be Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman, especially the specific characters which depicted the shy, geeky type and also the rambunctious, you know, I shouldn't say troublemaker, but wild child. Sex pot. I mean, redheaded sex lady (laughs) there was a little bit of everything as far as uh, girls who want to like grow up faster than ever and so given that this was also a book correct it is it is so i have a feeling that the younger audience who read these books have sort of a way of just projecting themselves into these characters and just living out a very magical and of course a very romantic love story that's played out and not to rehash because some viewers might have listened to our conversation on brunch with the Hallowells. Like, going into this, we had discussed this movie because I brought up uh, Sally's character, Nicole Kimmon's character, as a witch on that show. But the book is very different. It's very different. I read it at the beginning of the pandemic last year, and for some reason, it's a blur. I think that's because my memory... <laughs> I just wanted to forget the last year. But it is not like the movie. They definitely took liberties with everything. There's, like, the basic plot, the characters, but it is a completely different movie. I feel like they're almost most more herbalists in the book like everything has like a natural remedy and things like that it's not as magic quote unquote magic like we would assume it and say magic beings yeah i had told rob going into this if he could picture a chilly fall night the leaves are turning colors you light a candle perhaps because you want to be in the ambiance of october and really in new york here where i am when it starts to turn this chilliness and you feel like late september like october's coming I just want to turn on this movie again, but it doesn't even show really. There's like one scene that takes place in October, which is at the end on Halloween when they jump off the roof, but it's still an October movie for me. A Halloween-esque movie. I guess it comes from the witches. So it's funny that you say that. I just literally came up with this term right now. Um, Copyright just saying. I don't think anybody would steal it. But again, this is a movie that I would call a snow globe movie. And what I mean by that is that the movie and its story is so contained in their own little bubble. They've created this sort of world where literally what you see in there happens 360 65 days a year like yes there are definite visits to the city and we're dealing with Jillian and her man and all that drama but just how big the the trouble gets in their lives and how like everything is sort of dealt with the moms and their like you know trouble with witches and it just seems like such a contained movie but what Ryan said was like oh picture this autumn night blah 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 like all of that is contained in a snow globe you there's a you're just creating this moment that you just want to be stuck in all the time and oh, i love that- it rob please start coining this and using this on your <laughs> podcast too because that's a great term but i mean just think about it it's like they they don't necessarily again there's so much to kind of go over but they don't really like deal with i guess the real world it's it's weird i could be 
but it but it does create a a certain fantasy in a moment that people love to be stuck in when they want to feel a certain way and so that's why i think this movie is a snow globe movie so it just yeah that that's how i see it i i definitely know how to tune in to a film that definitely creates stuff like that and you know i didn't go into it with just like oh my god how dare they blah 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 so here's the thing i know everybody's anticipating we just keep going around in circles with this so practical magic for me was not as bad as i remember it however i do have some heavy 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 problems with it and that's only because i'm watching it today now if we had done this show maybe 20 years ago i would have a different opinion about well actually was this movie like it's a well, little 90, over 20, okay so 90 it's yeah a over 20 years ago so i would say like 10 to 15 years ago i may have a better opinion about it uh, but I'll give my rating right now just to give everybody a perspective. So out of five, I gave it a three. Wow! Which oh is my more God. than half. But again, wow. this is, this more is than I expected. More than I expected. This is based on an entertainment scale. Now, if I really dove right into it based on my personal taste, this movie would get a lot lower of a score. But as an entertaining movie to the collective, I'm branding it a three because a part of my scale is recommendation and rewatchability. And even though I personally would not, I know that this has a very rewatchability factor to it. So me, no, it would get a lower score. <laughs> uh, you recently did just do a Sandra Bullock like extravaganza over on your podcast. That's so funny. Yes, and both movies unfortunately did not do well either. But I chose <laughs> movies that were not as popular as her, you know, filmography goes. I did The Net and I did Murder by Numbers, which shows her in a role that doesn't paint her in a very happy or light, you know, way. You know, she plays not necessarily a horrible person, but she's not America's sweetheart in the movie so you know think speed think miss congeniality no i didn't do those i did the other ones that she's not really known for and those movies didn't do so well watching it again so it's funny to have all of this like sandra bullock stuff also uh april 25th just passed you know the best perfect day (laughs) for miss congeniality (laughs) happened so yeah this has definitely been a sandra bullock month for me over on movie geek and proud podcast so do you think part of the charm of this movie is sandra bullock playing Sandra Bullock. Yes. That character of Sandra Bullock, like we get this, I say the perfect example of Sandra Bullock playing Sandra Bullock in this movie is when she does the this kiss, this kiss scene where she does meet her future husband and she does this running down the road kind of thing with these like shorts on, denim shorts. It's such a Sandra Bullock 90s moment. Oh my god. No, I know you have words about this scene as this well. This scene, <laughs> I could not. It was the cheesiest 90s scene I have ever seen. So, first of all, I love Diane Weiss in this movie. Uh, she is like, seriously, I love her. She, she, God, I love this woman so much. Diane Weiss's character, Aunt Jet. So, she is the sweet one, right? Out of the aunts. And, you know, she, she just has a bubbly, lovely side to her. But I swear, it's always the sweet ones you have to watch out for. And it's just, when she looks at Michael and she gives this look like, oh, so you like this one. I got you. I got mm. you. And she just gives this look like it's it was it just seemed like it just happened right then and there but it didn't i know they did the spell later 
but it was just that look like okay we'll give her that one you know and i just like her look she just is so determined she knows if she has to lay down the magic she's gonna give it to you i love that but they both just wake up and they have this look on their faces and then all of a sudden they're meeting in the street and she's just running to him the dogs are running after her, and she's running. And to me, this is the 90s movies in Summed Up. This only happens in the 90s. <laughs> possibly 80s, possibly 80s, but 90s movie magic, I think. But just paired up with that song, I just couldn't. I was like, this movie is clearly not for me. I can't do this. It was just so cheesy. But, I mean, that's the world that I'm talking about. Like, only in this movie, you could just run up to somebody and just kiss whatever. <laughs> but I love the fact that neither of them question exactly why they know each other. I don't even think she knew his name. And they're sitting there making out in the middle of the street. Oh, well, do you blame her? I mean, he... <laughs> Okay, so my thought process during this, right? So first of all, when I saw him, I forgot all about him because clearly this isn't her perfect true love that she created when she was a child. This, I, I was like the delivery man, stock boy, whoever, cute as balls. Oh my God, I was so like infatuated with this boy with his backwards cap and his, I think, did he have an apron and a shirt or was he wearing a flannel? He had a like, flannel on, yeah, a flannel. degrees weather but there's that but then like the minute that happened i was like okay this man's fate has already been handed to him in a matter of minutes and i was pissed i was pissed i was like how dare they <laughs> the death watch this, beetle how dare they make this man love her knowing that he is going to die? like it just baffled me that this was appropriate for them to do that knowing the curse of this family now they had a conversation and they had said who's the other aunt francis aunt Frances, yes. So Aunt Frances, she doesn't believe in the curse. Aunt Jet does. And so they weren't completely clear that all of these men in their lives were dying because of a curse. They just thought it was a coincidence. So they felt that it was okay for them to do this. But I was just like, no, you can't. And then I'm watching their happiness, quote unquote. And I'm just like, no, this is sad to me because this man, this innocent man is going to die for not it just it just made me mad. By the way, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a line of witches that starts with this first witch back in uh, we're assuming salem times maria owen who oh yeah maria <laughs> let's talk about maria okay this How do you adult... solve a problem like maria go ahead finish what about maria i'll tell you after. so uh maria owens is a young witch exiled to an island in massachusetts because they were about to hang her as a witch because evidently a lot of the gentlemen in the town had a thing for her and their wives were extremely jealous but when they try to hang her her magic saves her and she basically lives on this island by herself pregnant and she curses basically the whole entire line of her family not to fall in love and if they did they basically all the men die how, with this curse <laughs> how selfish is this woman first of all she's sleeping with married men secondly she's <laughs> she's like oh i can't have what i want therefore no one can like how karen can you be like she is she's a horrible person i don't get it but they just released rob the prequel starring this maria owens i'm actually interested to see what what her story is <laughs> but i i do have a sort of moral question for you ryan do you blame both parties when a woman sleeps with a married man or do you just blame the one who is married or do you blame mm. the one who is in there breaking up homes i think it's definitely if you know about the other one then i think equal parties are to blame honestly interesting if, because if you go into this knowing that the man is married and you're just like 
oh, I don't care. Like, I, I don't like that. But again, I mean, the person who's pursuing somebody is also, I mean, ooh, what do you think? So for me, <laughs> I, I've juggled both with this growing up up until today. Today, I don't necessarily, okay, so the person who is pursuing someone who is married, they have their work cut out for them. I mean, it's honestly, you get what you pay for. And so if you want to be with someone who could potentially do the exact same thing to you when you're together, by all means, do what you got to do, right? I mean, you're taking the big risk. However, I don't feel that there's any responsibility to the one who is single. If they want to pursue, yes, they may not be the most like nicest person in the world. But as far as pointing blame, it's not their responsibility for a married couple to stay married because I mean if this mm. other person is gonna slip out of the marriage there's problems already within the marriage or oh, the yes, person definitely. you know so it shouldn't be in the responsibility of the the single one to keep this marriage intact so when you hear about home wrecker basically if, if anything happens, that shit happened sooner than it was supposed to, but it was going to happen regardless because that person was capable of dipping out of the marriage anyway. So I don't blame the person who is single. However, no, that doesn't make them a nice person, but they don't get any blame. I think it's all the responsible of the married person. I guess if you're going into this, I'm thinking like if the other person's not only am I going to get that marriage, but I'm going to like ruin their marriage and then marry them. Like, I guess that's what I was thinking of more. Yeah. Hmm. So no, you I would understand. Would you curse your whole Absolutely would you not. curse your the line woman, of family? The woman is sad and bitter and I get it, but I don't know why she felt that she was the be all reasoning of how people should fall in love. And she thinks she's saving, you know, her lineage from this. I don't know. But that's the thing about this curse that I think is so messed up. So let's just go through this. I gotta get this yes, out of my yes. system. So on our um while we're recording, I had changed my name and label <laughs> to hashtag justice for Michael because I think that Michael got the very short end of the stick here. To me, he was a sperm donor and only used to produce two witches to further their line and increase their numbers. I don't and think you this- notice it's when it's females too they give birth to. It's like that charmed death. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's it's honestly like aliens coming down, reproducing and killing their <laughs> male. It's no, I mean I'm not th- saying that this was premeditated, but this is exactly how it turned out because she was happy and so was he when they were dancing all of them around the couch I can't remember to the song but the dad he was the coolest dad for a good two minutes I was like oh my god I want this man in my house he was just dancing and just being you just so want happy that man in your house I know it just looked like they had such a wonderful life together the kids loved him and all of that and then I have a feeling that when you produce the two kids that are destined to come that is when that beetle comes around and says i was gonna ask you when you think because it seems like the kids get to a certain age just like her and her sister exactly with their mother and father right right exactly so it's like how come they didn't die before they had kids no the curse is waiting for those which numbers to increase before getting rid of the man no because aunt jet says this line she goes we never thought that you would truly fall in love with him so i just had two kids with a man i didn't love is that what you're telling me like 
like, yeah, I love this dude. Yeah. Why did you like? So they also justified bringing them together because she was like, we didn't think that you'd really fall in love with him. No. And I is just, it with really love that makes the curse? That's the other thing I don't understand too much. Like, so basically they put this bell on it to make her easy for the two to attract, supposedly, right? And they say they they've molasses in it to like get her to, I guess, open her legs. I, I, I don't know. Things. So it's like almost, is it like an attraction spell? And if they do fall in love, that's when the curse activates. And that's why the ants were like, oh, we didn't think you were going to fall in love. If no, if that's the case, so be it. But yeah, let me not tell them that I put a love spell on you until after he dies. And by the way, she heard the beetle the day before he passes away. Why did you even allow him to leave the house? And they give you that, that psych out moment that she hears the beetle and Michael's like going about his work and you think that he survives because I don't know why they think that bicyclists are going to kill him because someone's (laughs) like Michael look out and it's like these cyclists that like you know like ride through him with the right hit you can't get because those bikes are going like you know pretty fast but and they take over the road let me tell you any cyclists out there you run the road you take over when you're driving but it but it's also like how do you know that these two were right for each other I mean Mm. can they be proud of the fact that they produce kids under a spell but it could have been with the men that she was not right for like you just wonder but this man's fate already made for him gone he's gone and okay tell me this Ryan. tell me this right do you believe that there was enough of a mourning period with these kids and their father because they rushed through that i think real quickly yeah you know sally was depressed we totally get that but the minute those kids found out about this perfect man she wrote in her diary they were like oh my god it's him let's yes. i was like do you like maybe they're just too young to really have such a heavy memory of him but it was just the way that those kids would talk about the dad it just seemed like he was more of a memory than an actual being it just didn't make well, any sense well what about even them as kids her and her sister when their parents die and they go to live with the ants as well they were just like is that why mommy died of a broken heart because they seem to get over it <laughs> it was it was weird so again hashtag justice for michael that's all i've got to say about that so we can move on <laughs> but yeah that made me so angry you will hear my call a mile away you will whistle my favorite song you can ride a pony backwards what are you doing summoning up a true love spell called amas feritas he can flip pancakes in the air be marvelously kind. His favorite shape be a star. And he'll have one green eye. And one blue. wanted to fall in love. That's the point. The guy I dreamed up doesn't exist. And if he doesn't exist, I'll never die of a broken heart. 
I think the problem, Rob, is too, because this is a novel, and this novel is long as hell, by the way. I mean, they really do change up this storyline a lot. And they condense storylines. And as a matter of fact, to me, they make the sisters even closer in this movie. Because I kind of got in the book, they love each other, they're sisters, but it is, they don't have the sisterly bond. And I do think, again, going back to Charmed, it's that Charmed sister magic that also makes this movie something for me like i like that dynamic of sisters with witches and magic and things like that definitely okay so we have the two sisters we have sally and we have jillian who is nicole kidman do you believe them as sisters i actually do i do believe them as sisters i i don't know if this was any uh direction of the director of of the film that did this but it was just the times that they would be together one would be on the other's lap you know nicole Mm. touching her nose getting her to wait i i enjoyed their chemistry together and they also had enough of like negative banter towards one another as well that i think normal sisters have so the fact that they haven't seen each other in a while and then when they do get together it's like clockwork in a way or just the idea of them you know going out for the other defending the other without even asking i think is also great so the scenes with them i think are wonderful when they're together oh good i hate it here i want to go where where no one's even heard of us i feel like i'm never gonna see you again of course you're gonna see me again we're gonna grow old together it's gonna be you and me Living in a big house, these two old biddies with all these cats. <laughs> I mean, I bet we even die on the same day. You swear? The two sisters do become separate for a while. Jillian moves. She meets her own man. Sally does get married. As we say, she has the two kids. The husband dies. Now, at this point, Jillian does come because I guess they have this psychic connection that she feels there's something wrong with her. She drives all the way overnight to come to her sister and she wakes up and they're slaying. So I like that almost, again, it's the sister moment. She wakes up and she's lying in the bed and she's like, I was really happy. I think you're right. Those Those are the best moments for me, not even the magic aspect of the movie. So we set that up, and then we also set up that Jillian has this man that she's, I guess, is obsessed with her. Now, this character, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Angeloff. Thank you for saying that last name. (laughs) He becomes very possessive of her, even down to attempting to brand her with his ring, which we find out later on. Evidently, he has a string of these women that he's done this to, which I think is a cop out to make it easier that they killed this man. Oh my <laughs> but, god! Thank you, um, Ryan, for agreeing. Oh my god! Thank you for that. I I was wondering if you were going to say that because we recently talked about this on Charmed as well. Is that a man was killed out of nowhere by magic, and the show justified it because he's a killer. Let's just kill all of these, you know. And that, yeah, I get it. But again, like you're taking the law in your own hands, and so I I I don't necessarily agree with that too much. But yes, they made his character to be super despicable it seemed very self-defense in a way yes i mean i don't think they wanted but exactly they you know they were held at gunpoint and whatnot but yeah i i I took jimmy as a allegory for a woman who is in an abusive relationship and this is also geared towards uh, a woman who necessarily doesn't love herself yet and isn't Mm. 
very confident and as to who she is because Jillian even admits later in the movie that she, she not dislikes but she's she's mad about the fact that she doesn't have the type of power that Sally does you know she's like I only wish I had enough like power that you did and you don't even practice magic like all of that natural magic in her just went to the wrong sister but then when she's also possessed quote unquote a man honestly controlling a woman to the point of literal possession like the branding and everything i think that's so smart i think all of it is just jillian really allowing herself to love herself and to also branch out and be her own woman and be proud of the woman that she is even as a wild child and a, a rebellious woman i think it's okay for her to be sexually positive and i think she kind of struggled with all of that and it took her trying to get through this man and this in this trouble to really for her to just accept it and you know they they talk about how i think their sisterly bond also broke this so-called curse i don't know how aunt maria's like troubles with them being sisters was a way to do that but i I don't know if that is what broke the curse or not but yeah i i think the story definitely fell onto this like a woman just honestly finding herself again and just breaking out of the the chokehold of a man who you know is has taken ownership of of someone you know that sounds like a good movie to me rob (laughs) do you think though her magic i always got the sense that her magic almost is of a sexual beauty because you know when they have the thing when they're kids and she's like well when when will i grow into my powers and she's like oh you'll grow into it i always assumed it was like something about her beauty just attracts not that that's like a practical power to have but almost like her beauty attracts men but (laughs) yeah i i think i think sometimes in witch families or in movies they'll always show that each sister or each member has their own specific ability or skill and you know the 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 oldest of the two kids sally has she can see ghosts you know the other family members could not so yeah that was her specific thing and so i think yeah i think there's a little bit of of a lore thing that nicole has people are just drawn to her jimmy ends up dead when she goes to rescue her sister in this hotel they give him this belladonna i want to call it it's a it's basically it's like drugs are bad don't do drugs anyone (laughs) yeah so they decide instead of you know going to the police which they originally do mention that they are going to try to bring him back to life with the magic in their aunt's book of shadows that they grew up with which by the way rob there are you know i mean charmed has people who make book of shadows replicas for years this is a common thing but practical magic has a fan base enough that there's practical magic book of shadows which to me is so funny because what do we see of this we really don't see too many pages in that book of shadows that they could like replicate yeah but it's very authentic it looks like it's been used a lot you know definitely handmade i yeah i think it's a very authentic book so they bring jimmy with one of the spells back back to life but do you feel like this again is such a 90s witch metaphor where they need something white to draw a pentagram on him and they get whipped cream <laughs> yes i mean it's like elvira when she used cheese whiz <laughs> yes, yes in her spell <laughs> and substitutes you know certain ingredients with like chips and stuff i mean yeah it's it's very cute i thought that was funny it's now or never okay i need for you to get me something white to write on top of the star chop chop she brilliant. No, this, this is good. This is good. Oh. <laughs> now we're supposed to say, black is night, erase death from our sight. 
White is light. White as light. Mighty hectate make it right. Black is not here. White is light. Why does light and Marty Hector yeah. make it right? Why love you? I guess Black is night. Grace death from our sight. White as light. Mighty Hectate make it right. Black is night. Grace death from our sight. White as light. Mighty Hectate make it right. Black as night. Grace death from our sight. White as light. Mighty Hectate make it right. Black as night. Yeah, they were having a little bit too much fun with that. It's funny that they were sort of reaching out to the demon or or powerful being. Hectite? Hectate or something. But I remember that name being pronounced Hecate. So I wonder, are, are those yes. two different people or or is it the same and their names were just pronounced differently the music during the scene too was very witches of eastwick i thought uh it, it was a nice little score that they had in there but the whole like needle in the eye thing i don't know where that came from like, oh are you glad though they didn't have to do it oh my oh. god so but that's the other thing too it's like that is part of the spell so you wonder like if they had right. actually done it would something different happen with him coming back i i don't know why sally agreed to this this is like the worst idea ever to bring this man back what do you think he's just gonna leave you alone go about his life like right because he goes right back into choking jillian yeah as soon as he comes back from the dead i really wish that i could remember i i remember in a show or, or a movie once where they said that the last thing that you remember or maybe your unfinished business is amplified times 10 if you are brought back from the dead so he's stuck in this mindset that, that you belong to me and it gets amplified you know that makes more sense rob that really does because you're stuck in that moment of death and that is the last thing that you were thinking yeah 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 wow see you're making this movie even better so i don't know (laughs) but (laughs) so they end up killing him again to to dispose of him and then they bury him in the yard now overnight there is a rose tree that forms i I think it's overnight now sadly i freaking watched this movie how many years and over (laughs) so many times i can't picture if it's overnight but it's pretty soon afterward yeah this rose tree starts to bloom in the book matter of fact they say that these roses were out of season and the roses continued to grow continuously and people would come all around to see the sister's roses oh wow and they also moved to new york in the book by the way the, the whole sisters, family the the aunts are in massachusetts but they visit them but okay. sally lives in new york which is crazy to me that they just they really did condense this movie into like rob is saying yeah quote unquote copyrighted <laughs> snow globe <laughs> because it's all contained in this town yeah these people these cities so now there's this, a few different plots there is a, a detective now looking for dead jimmy while the girls were kids sally does a spell she doesn't want to fall in love because she doesn't want to die of a broken heart like their mother or have someone end up like their father. So she does this spell of a man that could never exist, right? He, he's he got two different color eyes. He loves this. He loves that. And I do love that scene because it is a very, I would say, witchy score. Stevie Nicks is plentiful in this, <laughs> this soundtrack. <laughs> they have this like kind of like pipey, chimey score and like these flower petals are flying. It's magical. It's like it's one of the most pretty. magical scenes. I did like 
like that scene too. So she summons him. She like calls for him unknowingly, this DA. Yeah, so Gary Hallett, right? He comes in. It it, it wasn't really explained too much until me, like they got a little bit of a hint of what happened towards the end of the movie. But I had a hard time understanding if she created this man or if she mm. magically thought of somebody that actually did exist, but she didn't know any better. You know, because they explained that the rose petals went out and called for him and it went literally to him while he was already born. So she didn't create this man, but did her features change him? Like, did they just pick a random boy and gave him all the things that she wanted? I didn't understand how she was able to literally say so many characteristics and features and have that man exist. Something magical must have... Form like, like personality almost too, like in that child. I wonder, yeah. So I don't know if she coincidentally just named every single feature, or that maybe the things that didn't develop, like the flipping of a pancake or whatever, maybe he <sighs> learned that because of the spell. But that was something that was very confusing is that yeah. she, did she quote unquote create this man or did she just coincidentally say everything in her mind knowing that it did exist, but she didn't know any better. Maybe you're right. Maybe because she, I, okay. thought was, I thought that he was born and I'm like, oh my God, Sandra oh, is yeah. dipping in the kitty pond. And I'm like, oh, because he wasn't born yet. But it turns out. Yeah, that already- I didn't even think of that ever. But it turned out he was already born. It, he already existed. I just don't know how she was able to pinpoint exactly the whole green. And you know what's funny? When she said one green and one blue, and I'm like, oh, she's clearly talking about a white dude. So forget <laughs> person of color. We're not going to pair her up with that because green and blue only belongs to Caucasian. So <laughs> we know her type. Yes, <laughs> we know her. We know her. No, you're right. You're, you know, and green and blue. I mean, is that a common birth? feature i wonder i, I should have no looked idea. that up people i'm so sorry out <laughs> in the podcasting world so that sets that up as their kids we are jumping around again we're not gonna do the radical retro way of literally scene by scene what we normally do i really wanted to get rob's point of view on different subjects in this movie so the ants are are, are still about <laughs> the 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 aunts were really cool I didn't remember this the first time when I rewatched this and it was them saying like we know what's going on and we're gonna leave and you're gonna handle your own shit and they took a vacation and was like these girls will be protected nobody's gonna get hurt they're gonna we know what's going on you're just gonna have to deal with it they give the little girls like some kind of like put around them like a bracelet or something for protection part of the noose that yeah. Maria Owens yeah I I do love the fact that they had to teach these girls a lesson because these girls were very reckless. They were super reckless and they were like, this is the only way they're going to learn. Let them handle it themselves. And I, I love that. So they took off. I loved it. Yeah, but they robbed us of more you know, time with the aunts. I, I totally agree. And I think that's where the the Midnight Margarita scene came in. Well, okay, I, I gotta say, when I mentioned this movie with Rob earlier, he's like, all I remember the magic they did is turn on a blender. Okay, so you saw more magic this time around right I did, and I, I will no honestly i will give where credits due there were a lot of automatic things like with the candles and everything like with the flip as a switch bam there you go like when they performed a lot of the spells towards the end with the guy and he was looking all grotesque and turning into like i liked all of that i thought that was all good but yeah the whole blender thing i was like really <laughs> like 
and it took both of them to turn this blender on. It was just, I don't know. I would prefer more of a witchy spell-like stuff that goes on. Um, and it doesn't have to be visual effects. I just want to see different things. Like, Matilda did more than these women did in these in this movie, okay? I'm- <laughs> I caught Matilda. <laughs> Seriously, that scene where she cleaned the house and she had all 52 cards floating around her in That's formation. That's true. I mean, that is way more than we saw in this movie. And maybe that's not the point. That's not the point. But that's the witch movie that I like. I, I visual is a part of it, but I do just sort of like a manifestation being seen and 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 just creativity with it instead of a blender. It's a blender. I know. I said I couldn't wait for him to say this. Like, okay, <laughs> it was a little bit more than the blender, but it's true. It grounds this movie in a way. I, I was doing research and I saw that a lot of real witches and pagans actually like this movie because it does take a realistic approach to their religion but at the same time there are things like possessions the alcohol they use to make the margaritas 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 <laughs> are appeared through some kind of demonic magic with jimmy's core like i still don't know how that all that works out but there is quote-unquote realistic no i i will definitely give you that because we're used to charm we're, we're used to like things happening like actions i do prefer that kind of magic okay well so yeah i i definitely can see that this movie is is grounded in their use of magic um even them you know jumping off the roof wasn't as theatric they just floated <laughs> down which you know umbrellas can't really but see that's the thing about this like you're putting this on free form and you're like how many kids are gonna go home and try definitely that? i'm surprised it's not on the bottom of the screen do not try i, this I will tell you when i was younger i wanted to try that shit when i saw it i was like can umbrellas really hold your you know but that goes with like inspector gadget and all those other like cartoons and films that depict that right but yes. no, I will say that it is very realistic. So yeah, if you definitely want a realistic approach to the way that magic is used um, within this movie, I, I think that this is a great example of that for sure. The girls are ridiculed throughout their childhood. The whole town knows that they're witches. <laughs> witch, witch, you're a bitch is what the kids called them in the beginning of when they were kids. And you kind of get the feeling that well, everyone in the town knows that their family is witches. Weird things happen. The phone tree day. Phone Phone tree day. Phone tree day. So I got to say this, right? This was actually a really sad moment to see that th this family has been known to be witches throughout this town, right? They don't leave the house. Everybody knows about them. And we get Sally and, and Jillian, and then they grow up. And then she, you know, Sally has kids. So that long period of time, this is at least 20 years, the older generation is still teaching hate yep. into their kids. Yep. I mean, to have these little kids ridicule Sally's kids, you would think, not necessarily that it stopped but how did these kids come into this much hate so easy to like throw stuff at them and this is on a Tuesday you know like it just yeah. it, it's just so sad that your that parents are teaching this it doesn't you're not born with it at all these kids were taught to hate these women and these little kids well there you go it's these things that are taught and as we know Definitely nowadays it's, it's still continued to be taught and the parents are the bullies because we see them doing the same thing 
to Sally as an adult, talking about her, whispering about her in the classroom. I feel like when she married Michael and that he was alive for, I'm assuming those kids were like six, seven. Yeah. They must have been upstanding people of the town. I mean, Michael seemed to be very well liked. I'm surprised that Sally did, didn't get this through Michael, that they were the, this happy-go-lucky couple. But they must have said, oh, look, another man died in that family, maybe. So it's true. But I would have loved more scenes of the kids, to be honest, with, um, a, was it Atona? Is that her name? It's it's Kyle and... Again, I should know this. Because it's in the book and they focus so much on those damn children in the book. You would probably like the book. Okay. Antonia? Antonia? Yeah. So with Antonia and Kylie and Evan Rachel Wood, my goodness, I cannot believe that was her. She was so young. I love she it. Is. But so with those two, I love that those two were super close and that they were both defending one another. And then I also love the fact that Kylie, she was just like, I curse you with chicken pot. You know, I would have loved more scenes with that of just the development of these girls having to deal with a town that doesn't like their family and her just learning her powers. I would have loved to gotten more of that because I love that scene and how all the townspeople were scared of her so it's just like a modern day witch trial in a way I, I would yes, have found that a modern day witch trial right because when Aiden Quinn Gary is interviewing the townsfolks you see that Just they're continuing yes and even one woman does say it's like it's not that they're doing it on purpose but they'll just they'll say something and then something will happen or something you know like I'm glad that that one woman said that so while we're on the subject the, the townspeople are getting interviewed and there's this woman in a wheelchair and she's like arrest her but then they also talk to this <laughs> other old woman I couldn't tell if that was the same person let me know this is Piper Hollowell One this of these is Piper, Piper Hollowell, right? Hollowell and I did not realize it until freaking this viewing that it is old the Piper I saw her face so yes. we got Piper in practical magic that is awesome that is awesome but um, back to your phone tree the phone tree scene is actually my favorite scene of the movie I, I was wildly entertained by this scene and there was also again more the realistic subtle ways of magic used in this scene but also again I just loved how those two are inseparable and that they are there for each other and she came in guns blazing because she mentions the phone tree deal and how she didn't want to go to this meeting and Nicole in her face she was like oh these women need to be taught okay I'll, I'll just stop by and she just comes in and yeah this is actually the scene that you used on brunch was Jillian and yeah but I I, I love the scene you know you know these women are out there and they would do they would talk about as soon as she walked in they're like whispering oh she's got a snake tattoo here and it's on her breast like come on Wait until you get out of the freaking building, lady. Like I know. So nasty. Oh. But Nicole definitely shined so much in this scene. This was her scene. Um, you know, the the binder clip, you know, clips on the woman, and she's like, chill, no magic. She was like, What? I didn't do that, you know? And, you know, she's got all the women, you know, like so scared. Watch her husbands. Yep, that's right. I'm back. Hang on to your husbands, girls. Then the phone tree comes out and they're just so excited. And I, I think Sally wanted to be a part of the of the tree. So she does. It's that normal women. life that almost that exactly. they all want to have, which is. Exactly. And her name obviously is written on every single page that it's now Sally's turn. She's on top of the tree. And then Nicole looks at her and just says, now that was me. Yes. And I love it. I love that. I love that line. I love the way she said it. And she was like. 
I had to. I just love it. It's such a good scene. Oh, Sal! Now that was me. That is one of my favorite scenes. Again, the sisterly moments. To wrap the movie up, the last half of the movie is with Jillian becoming possessed by Jimmy's spirit, which we assume is due to, almost I want to say, is it personal gain in the way that they brought him back, killed him? Is it just a spirit that's holding on, an evil spirit? It's just using dark magic in general. It's just something they shouldn't have messed with. And this is a result of, not necessarily because of the the reason why it's the fact of how you did it i don't know why the spell is even in the book if they don't want people to use yeah, it yeah it's okay. but yeah yeah it, it's in the book it's there it's whatever but you know this is the consequence of bringing people back from the dead it's it's basically learning to let bait and the way of life just go its course like you can't change the past you can't change you know mistakes and you have to learn from them instead of trying to correct them and so anybody being brought from the dead in any shape or form is always a lesson learned that you can't just re- rewind time you have to deal with what's happening now and so i get it i i I get why they all you know that they had to kind of deal with this and it's funny because you know the aunts come back and they're just like oh shit this has gone way too far we should have came back sooner but you know they needed the power of women to gather together and and i like that it's a nice metaphor i i think it's a nice message it's cool and i'm glad that the women were open to you know just just letting all of their animals go and for the sake of sisterhood just help another woman out who needs help you know <laughs> and that and that phone tree stood true they were like whatever is going on and whether we don't like you or, or fear you you call us on that tree we're gonna come help yeah, you isn't I, that I, something I think that's awesome and they almost like a lot of them they had a curiosity about this house and this family they needed 12 was it 12 women or th- I think or 13 might have like they asked if she had any friends so Sally does have two women that she works with one is uh rob mentioned is like i feel like she's a character actress she's this blonde woman she always plays these parts like this almost like witch wiccan kind of part and that's when she says famously to me like she gets the call and i got great news sally came out as a witch but it's just (laughs) so funny how they use it especially back in the 90s yeah the actress is uh chloe webb who plays carla and (laughs) yeah she she definitely gives off the emo sort of wiccan vibe for sure but then there's Margot Martin Martindale, who is a definite character actress. She is amazing. Everything, in everything like. that she does, she's so good. And I'm glad that I got to see her in this movie too. Uh, she, she, you know, a smaller part, but she was, she was awesome. And that's when they're getting ready to help her, and they're all in the kitchen. They're bringing their brooms, all the ladies. I, I think it's her, her character Linda, I believe. And she's like, you know, yes, uh, like I know when someone's gonna call or something like this. And one of the sisters said, "There's a little witch in all of us," and they get so giddy, like, ooh. <laughs> that was a little cringy. That was a little cringy. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. It was a little cringy oh. for me. I was like, oh, this is too much. This is too much. There's a little witch in all the. <laughs> so you got chills. I got a little cringe. I don't know. It was a little. I, know, I only that. because it's so like it is. It's one of those. It's the women's faces just were like so giddy that they're oh we're included in this. We're witch. We could be a witch. No, they they talk about that all the time. Sometimes somebody knocks on the door and you're like, oh, I know who that is, or the phone rings and you know yeah no i totally get it what what was your thing about gary being a cop and just going through the motion of of falling in love with sally who was a potential suspect like he clearly broke 
all the rules and oaths that he took being a cop, you know, revealing, uh, you know, crime scene evidence, you know, fraternizing with the suspects, hiding evidence, and then also not, you know, divulging into the truth. Now, I totally get it. It's a movie. We understand the point and whatever, but it just seemed that this movie was also sort of wrapped up in this very tight bow of no harm, no foul. I mean, these women literally got away with murder. Well, yes. And A, is this part of the spell that he can't help? Because we find out that there was a letter that Sally had sent Jillian and is part of the investigation, but he's been reading it nonstop because he's just, he doesn't even know, I guess, that he's supposed to be with this woman due to, I guess, the spell or, or whatever that is. So do you think it's because of that also mixed with once he realizes, I guess, Jimmy was a ghost? What do you do? But then they did kill them because there's later on he get he yeah no i totally get it i mean at the end of the day you know you you see that there are different forces at bay here you can't really explain it put in a report or really bring you know jimmy's killers to justice i mean they did kill him originally <laughs> they did but you know at, at, when they found the ring he was like get yourself some lawyers he was like i'm done with this you guys are dirty like i mean he had he had every reason not to trust these women they also had his car in their yeah. driveway which was but then you can also look at it well i put a spell on you you're in love with me therefore i'm not going to jail for it just seemed like they all got an easy way out of this and i don't know but like i said i know it's not the type of movie it's just leave it to them to be able to just yeah wash just wash away oh of course it, it was whatever. a happy it was a happy ending not only that the whole town now loves them i guess they've become like a staple that you're assuming that every halloween or it's this all hallows you here that they all jump off of the roof like rob was saying dressed as witches and the and the black hat and the black and they jump off the roof and the whole town now is i guess behind them now only if they knew that these women had a dead body in their backyard and they just got away with murder like <laughs> you know months ago <laughs> all wrapped up in a beautiful bow i do like this line that gary says when you know sally tells him like i'm a witch and i've done this and i killed him and yada yada and he's like well relationships all have their problems <laughs> i just think that was so funny but it was his discovery to find Jimmy and you know just just go into this world of like magic and possession and ghosts and all of this stuff it just didn't seem that he really believed in any of that stuff at the end of the day but then all of a sudden he was like well you know curses only work if you believe in them and I'm like mm. what the hell do you know about curses and I'm just like oh now all of a sudden you're an expert now <laughs> I actually dug the second half actually more than the first half again the first half just with their women problems and like I can't get a man and let me uh, it just made me angry but like the second half I thought was a lot more entertaining didn't you love the fact that Jimmy possesses Jillian and like they're hugging her, her and um Sally and Ooh. Jillian licks her face <laughs> but here's the thing Sally didn't even know that was Jimmy until he said you know whatever it is that he said that tipped her oh yeah when he was like hee haw and I was like oh you're you're Jimmy and I'm like the lick of the face didn't tip you off i'm like when is jillian licking she your picked face that up like whenever that? she moved i don't know to california where she lived i'm like you didn't you weren't stunned at all that this woman just licked your face as a sister but it's the hee-haw that <laughs> yeah, gives yeah, you that like oh this may not yeah. be jillian <laughs> this 
<laughs> Things are awry. In 2004, Warner Brothers and CBS produced Sudbury, a television pilot based on this movie with Kim Delaney in the role played by Sandra Bullock and Jerry Ryan played Kidman's role. Cute. I know those two. Cute. Cute. I love that. And then... In 2010, Warner Brothers and ABC Family, I guess because of all those viewings of on ABC Family, tried to develop a prequel as well with this. And Sandra Bullock was involved with this, not to play the character, but she wanted to produce this. And as recently, I don't know if it's been canceled like everything else, but we're supposed to get the HBO Max prequel series with the ants growing up in 70s in new york as witches i I think you will i think you will love this because that book honestly to me is better than practical magic so if they actually love i would love to hear more of their you know their their romantic shortcomings and and being able to stick together and have to deal with this town i i would love that oh rob i'm praying that hbo max doesn't cancel this but it's supposedly for the last two years it's it's been in the works but it's called the rules of magic fingers crossed but they also had the third sister their mother so i don't know about the timeline on when she comes in but it's, it's only about the two aunts not the third sister brother which as well so it's the three of them growing up as kids in new york city in the 70s prior to moving to massachusetts cool i would check that out so rob all in all i mean your rating of a three is more than i could ever had hoped for (laughs) yeah i i mean i wasn't gonna just crap all over this movie this movie is not terrible it's just not one of my witch movies that i turn to when i'm in like a witchy mood or ask me what my favorite witch movies are this will never be a part of that list but again watching it and it's kind of stepping out of it on an entertainment scale i think that this movie definitely does a justice to those who are into these type of movies it, it doesn't do a disservice to witchcraft or anything like that and it is very cute and it, it definitely highlights the strong acting chops and the sort of like presence of nicole kibben and sandra i think it, it's very present in this i mean just just you know when the kids are lighting candles for the yeah for the for the spell and then Sandra again this is a moment where she finally embraces her magic again because she didn't want to be a part of it the whole time and she blows the candle just with her breath and then she gives her kids a look like yep mama did that and I just I love that and Sandra's good at those type of scenes and and she stood out and I love that stuff so I get the appeal it's just not for me I get that. And I think, honestly, a lot of people who do love this movie, it's people that, I guess, like I said, grew up with it. I mean, I've watched this movie every year since 1998 around Halloween. Of course, we're doing this in the summer, but this will get you ready for the fall, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're halfway to Halloween, so, I mean, what better time? Can't come soon enough, if you ask me. Yeah. <laughs> and, again, I am glad that Rob has brought up these opinions because, just like if someone listening to this show, you might not think Practical Magic is the greatest thing either so i loved having these opposing views i'm glad that there's things that rob still enjoyed do you see like the charmed sisterly aspect that i probably what makes me like this i would say no i i get that way a lot with friendship movies if you show me a movie where there's a group of friends who are so tight with each other and a good bond i dig that stuff so the way that you view the sister thing that's how i view you know just think of like it yeah you know like those seven friends together i love that yes and so yeah, I totally understand. So, 
I am happy that we did not end on a sour, wicked note. Rob, where can the lovely people find you when you're not over here doing this thing? So I have two podcasts currently, Movie Geek and Proud and Brunch with the Hollowells. Uh, one is a movie general podcast where I review movies, most for my collection, and Brunch with the Hollowells is a charmed recap of the original series. You can listen to both shows on any podcast app, mostly popular with Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also Google Play. Uh, I'm on Instagram and also Twitter, Movie Geek and Proud, MGNP Podcast, or Brunch with the Hollowells or BWTH Podcast. He forgot that he also has a horror-themed podcast that people might want to check out because I know there's a lot of horror fans that listen to this podcast. And if you like Rob's point of views here, when he dissects horror over there, it gets it gets deep. I, I do. We just started it. it it's, we only have one episode, but there are uh, archive episodes on YouTube right now under the channel name Fear Bias, all one word. Ooh. And by the way, everyone, tomorrow is the end of our contest, May 15th by midnight. If anyone did not enter our 1K thank you contest, it's tomorrow. Right now, we don't have a lot of entries, so you might be on the lucky few if you enter at the last minute. Gonna do a wheel, a wheel of fortune. <laughs> Congratulations, Ryan, for reaching 1,000. That is so awesome. Thanks. And yeah, he's right. If you guys don't enter, most likely it'll default to me. And it's going to be Rob so at this point. It's <laughs> Rob and Jeanette, our only other <laughs> listener. So yeah, claim your prize. There's some really cool stuff there. Thank you so much, Rob. And it's thanks to people like Rob, again, that have gotten me to this point in this podcast. So thank you. And you can reach the Radical Retro Podcast, Radical Retro Podcast, all one word, on Instagram, as well as YouTube, where you can hear this and many other video form streams of the podcast and videos and things like that. Bye, everybody! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.